atmosphere of worship in every heart, in every home, everywhere. I believe that God wants to minister today. I believe that He wants to bring His grace to your home and to your heart. I believe He wants to bring a healing touch to your lives today, wherever you're joining us from. What I love about the grace of God is that there's no qualification for it, but that we show up expectant and ready to receive what He so freely gives. We don't deserve it, but He gives it anyway. He loves us as He finds us. And I, I want to take a moment to break bread and share communion with you. It's the power of what we would call the miracle meal here at Link Church. And it's the reminder of the greatest love story forever told, the redemptive story of Jesus, the finished work of Jesus Christ, that there is nothing left to add to the gospel, the good news of our salvation. For everything Jesus needed to do to set us free, to set us apart, to call us back to our heavenly Father has been done in the cross of Calvary. And so we celebrate this meal today. I wanna break this bread and believe that His body was broken so that ours could be made whole. And we're just gonna be declaring healing and wholeness over your bodies, your lives. I've got friends on my prayer list now that are fighting sickness and I'm believing in Jesus' name that there is healing and wholeness in the finished work of Christ. And so we receive His body right now, wherever you are, even if you don't have it with you, let us believe together for the miracle meal in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. And in the same breath, we, we think of His blood that was poured out for us, the ultimate sacrifice, our freedom and forgiveness. And just believing right now, wherever you are, that if there's any shame that holds your life back, if there's any sense of control over your life, that in Jesus' name, as we remind ourselves of the finished work of the cross, you would experience true freedom today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, welcome to church. Wherever you are, why don't you just get yourself comfortable? Say hi to somebody in your world. It's good to be here. Hello, worship team. You guys are on fire today. It's a good day to be in church. And I know it's not like what we're used to, but kind of for now it is really. And I'm really excited. That's what you need to know. And we, we keep saying this at Link Church. Our expectation is God's invitation. And so I just want to encourage you wherever you are, no matter what uh, device you're joining us on, whether you're in your home, whether you're in your car driving and it's just coming through the airwaves, whether you are in bed, I know you were scared of that cold front, but wherever you're at, uh, we just want to say um, our expectation is God's invitation and we believe God is going to move in your heart today. And when hearts come alive in Jesus' name, things happen on the planet. Businesses explode, families come alive, nations are set free when Jesus gets a grip on human hearts. And I'm really excited about that today because I believe that He's He's gonna do it again, amen. How many of you know that circumstance doesn't direct us? The confidence of our salvation does. And so I'm gonna believe that as we get a reminder of what our salvation is in Jesus, what the freedom is in the gospel, that we would come alive today. Tyrone, good to have you with me on the keys today. And I know people be blessed, even if I didn't speak as you ministered to them on those keys today. We're in the series called Father, and it's kind of from the scripture, John 14, chapter six. We launched it with that, where Philip says to Jesus, show us the Father, it'll be more than enough, which is to suggest there is a, there is a longing in Philip's heart. There is a desire in Philip's heart. There is something in Philip, intuitively, although he had missed it in the presence of Jesus, he still intuitively and in the depths of his heart knows that when he experiences the fullness of Father, it'll be more than enough enough. The big idea of the series is what if our Father in heaven was more than we ever imagined or dreamed of? 
What if, what if he was bigger than our wildest dreams? Kinder, more loving, more caring, more generous than we ever imagined. Hey, he's not just a better version of the best dad you've seen on earth. He's a perfect version of dad. He's our heavenly father. I'm really excited about this. Last week, Mark Slev preached from Genesis. He took us right back to the beginning, spoke about skin in the game, how actually our failure could almost be a setup or a foot up to our future because our father steps in to our failures. It's the gospel of Jesus coming alive in the garden of Gethsemane. It's a beautiful story of how it all started. Garden of Eden, sorry. And I'm really excited today to preach a message around the father again. Quick story before I jump in. It goes like this. You may know, on my first birthday, all right, I hope you're comfortable, by the way. I hope you're out of your gown. I hope you're dressed for it. I hope you're ready to read, read the Word of God together. Uh, but on my first birthday, uh, we lived in Richards Bay, and we had some friends coming around uh, to celebrate my party. I believe I was one. Someone else told me the story, but it goes like this. Uh, I uh, climbed on my little plastic motorbike. You know the little plastic, like the most recommended purchase for any parents of toddlers on the planet. Whoever built those deserves to be a billionaire. We support you. Again, we've bought about a hundred of them because they keep breaking, but we still are grateful for your invention in Jesus' name. Thank you for inventors. But uh, I climbed on my little black invention bike and I disappeared. Apparently I packed my little, um, I had an old little briefcase, a little brown one with a little clip on the top and I packed my little dinky cars in there. Now they call them Hot Wheels. Back then they were just dinky cars and I just, I just packed my dinky cars in there and I got my briefcase and my little bike, I was one by the way, and I was excited. I was going on an adventure. I climbed on my bike and I disappeared out the property, down the driveway, into the neighboring, uh, it was a park apparently. And there used to be this little trail that weaved its way through the park. They called it the Snail Trail, Rich's Bay. Shout out to Rich's Bay, Snail Trail. Maybe nowadays it still exists, just looks a little bit different, who knows. But I climbed on the Snail Trail with my briefcase and my black bike and, and I took off wind in my hair, uh, Route 66 Richards Bay style. You know what I'm saying? Like I was living the dream. Kings of Leon playing through the airwaves. Anyway, shout out to friends that like a bit of rock and roll. And off I went. And friends came to the party and I was nowhere to be found. Can you imagine what was going through my parents' minds? Like first birthday, like milestone, all right? First birthday. And there is Dylan, nowhere to be seen. And so the search party begins and uh, kind of news has it that they went all around the neighborhood. They couldn't find me. 20 minutes or so later, I don't know how far a one-year-old can get in 20 minutes, but on a black bike, I'm reckoning quite far. Those things got pace. And uh, the neighbors who had gone for a walk on the snail trail found me, debatable, kilometering a little bit from home. Here I am at one years old, a couple of hundred meters, the story gets big every time, fisherman's story, shout out to the fishermen out there. 14 kilometers, just kidding, a couple of hundred meters from home. And the neighbors found me and called home quickly. Well, they ran back to the house, no cell phones in those days, called my parents, parents came out running, probably crying, probably a bit anxious. And there I am, happy as anything, on my bike, in freedom, on the snail trail, aka Route 66, Richards Bay, having the time of my life. My parents wouldn't have called that a good moment. For in their eyes, I was lost, Tyrone. Like in their eyes, I was gone. Like the way they saw it, Dylan was lost. But the way I saw it, I was loving life, 
living my childhood dream. Shout out mom and dad for finding me. Grateful I came home. But in that moment, I was having a lot of fun. I tell you this story because the title of my message today is quite simply this, lost and loving it. Lost and loving it. I believe, well, at least I wanna ask the question. Could it be that when we're lost in the right place, which I'll show you in a moment where that is, that that's where we're truly found? Could it be that when we're lost, that is actually where we truly found? Lost in others' eyes, but found in His. Come with me to the story, Luke chapter two. I'm super excited about this morning's message. I'm not gonna keep you for long. I know you got your breakfast out because Dubs and Slev inspired you and the bacon is now on the stove. I hope you got the breakfast hamper coming your way because you're a legend. Here we go, Luke 2, 42. Let's, starting at verse 41, sorry, let's read together. Love this story. You probably know it before. Last week, Slevy spoke about uh, Adam and Eve kind of hiding and being lost. This week, I wanna speak about Jesus in some eyes being lost, but ask the question, was he really lost ever? All right, here we go. His parents went to Jerusalem every year, the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, significant moment in a boy's life. You need to pause and realize Jesus, 12 to 13 in the Jewish life cycle is a major moment in life. There is this transition they have for sons called the bar mitzvah. It's a celebration of a son coming into the fullness of what it means to be a man, or at least transitioning into his manhood. For daughters, I believe they call it a bat mitzvah, which is a woman coming into her womanhood. And so Jesus is in transition and he's, he's leaning toward his maturing man self. Watch what goes down. They went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered. All right. In my Bible, the word boy has a capital B, uppercase, which is to suggest he's still the son of God. And so although he was a boy in years, he was a man and actually the God himself in man in his wisdom and spirit. The boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. Also, um, side note, don't mistake age for lack of maturity. Some of the youngest people I know carry a mature spirit about their walk with faith. And some of the oldest people I know, well, anyway, let's keep reading the story. He stayed behind and Joseph, his mother, did not know it. How does that even happen? Like, honestly, or like, Waylon, honestly. Like, how does it even happen? Like, boy, 12 years old, like he's your son, man. But here's the power of this moment. You need to hear this because maybe this is another little side note. In those days, community was so powerful that parents would be totally okay with their kids in somebody else's care. The power of the local community in Jewish culture in those days was so powerful that if your son wasn't with you for a moment in time, it would be no need to be concerned. Like I dream of a church community like that. Can I just preach off the script slave for a moment? I dream of a church community where whether your children are in my care or your care, they are loved by the grace of God that's filled our hearts for them. Whether your children are in youth or your children are in front row of worship or your children are sitting next to you in the house right now or you have a little boy that's throwing dinky cars around and doesn't know what to do with his life, no matter where your kids find themselves, I just dream of a church community where they're always found. Back to the story. 
But supposing him to be in the company of others, they went a day's journey. That was a long time. Sought him amongst their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, seeking him out. That word for seeking is a really powerful word. It's actually the word we use for when we seek God and worship. It's an all-out pursuit of something. So Jesus, as a 12-year-old boy, called an all-out pursuit from his parents. There was something captivating about this person, Jesus. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple. Sitting in the midst of teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. 2021 version. Sitting in the chat room online, link.tv, Facebook, YouTube, saying, hey, what are you getting out of today's message? I don't know, what are you thinking? Dubs asks in the rap, what are you taking into Monday? Kind of the same thing. Jesus was hanging out with people, asking great questions, and they were astonished at what he had to say. All of them who heard him were astonished at his understanding and the answers. And so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Now pause. If they're the ones who are anxious, I've got to ask the question, who's lost? Like being found does not produce anxiety. Being found produces peace and calm and purpose and Resilience to life's storms, to be found, to know that we're seen and loved and called and chosen, to be found is a calm and beautiful, confident stance to life. To be anxious is to question our identity or to question whether God really does love or can love or will use us despite what we've done and been through. And I gotta ask the question in the story, if they're the ones who are anxious, who's lost? Anyway. I just like to read the Bible with a good question here and there. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statements with which he spoke to them. If you're in your home right now, turn it up. I want you to see something. Then he went down with them. Watch this. They found him. He's explained his whereabouts. Then he gets up and goes down with them and comes to Nazareth and was subject to them. This is so powerful. But his mother kept all these things in her heart and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and a favor with God and men lost and loving it. What if being lost in the right place was where we'd be truly found? Sometimes it can look crazy to trust God to other people. Sometimes it can look kind of crazy to trust Jesus and his ways and what he's called us to be like on the planet with friends and families staring us down, asking genuine questions, but misunderstanding the heart of why we do what we do. And perhaps you're someone like that right now that's asked questions of family or friends, and you're leaning and going, as intrigued as I am by what they're up to, I'm also inspired by the story that's going on in their hearts. You see, because to you, they look lost. What are they even on about? But to them, maybe they're truly found. Jesus' parents come to Jerusalem. We're talking about a father now. And they're the ones who've been on a journey with friends and family, anxious because he's not around. And when they get to him, he's chill because he's in his father's presence. To them, he was lost. But to Jesus, because he was in the presence of his father, he had always been found. You see, to be lost with him in his ways, in his calling, in his purposes on earth, 
is to be found in our calling and our purposes and our pleasure here on earth. I love it how Jesus talks about his father's business. He makes this statement. He said, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? And I went and I researched that. I thought it might be a cool pivot point in the story. Hashtag pivot 2021. Shout out everybody out there. You've done great. You're doing better than you think you are. Everything's gonna be okay. We're with you, all right? We're together in this. But Jesus says, I'm about my father's business. It's very transactional language if you and I read it in any other way. So I went and researched it. Now it means business which means Jesus is choosing a new system of operation for his life. Jesus at the age of 12 is transitioning, making a very clear intentional transition into what it looks like to be a mature man in the spirit of God to live out his calling and destiny on his life. And he's in his father's house about his father's business. He's thinking differently, he's seeing it differently. He's speaking about a new, can I bring it into context, a new system of economics and operation of efficiency and flow, a new value add and entrepreneurial expression. Jesus is tapping into a whole different system. It's like Jesus is saying, the way I read the story, a little bit of poetic license here, he's shifting gears. Because to be lost with his father is to be found in his calling. There's something powerful that happens, friends, when we're willing to lose ourselves in the presence and purposes of God. I could tell you story after story of when great men and women have given up their plans and purposes to pursue God's plans and purpose, and it has exceeded their wildest expectations. We don't have time, but you and I both know story after story. Men and women, we can look at them in the Bible, we can look at the story of the Davids, we can look at the story of the Joshua's, of the Ruth's, of the Esther's, where they've literally laid down their agendas. They've, can I use this language? They've lost themselves. They've let their agendas go. They've been lost in the presence of their Father. And in there they've been found. I wonder how many of us are avoiding the feeling of losing something and therein missing out on the perfect presence of our Heavenly Father. Like I just got to ask the question. Perhaps you feel losing what you've built by way of financial wealth. Perhaps you feel like you're losing control if you parent differently. Perhaps as a husband or a wife, as you start to hand over the kind of what you would call control or respect in the home, you start to feel like you're losing something. Hey, listen, when you're stepping into the presence of God to lose yourself in His ways and His purpose and His plans, friends, can I preach? Is to be found in the fullness of heaven on earth. All right, two thoughts. For us to live lives that are lost in the presence of our heavenly Father. Here's the first one. Honor those that raised you. Oh, didn't see that one coming. You see, it says, Jesus, once he had been found by his parents, although he had always been found in his Father's presence, once his parents locked in, he said he went, it says he went with them and made himself subject to them. Let me tell you, friends, if you wanna purpose yourself in the presence of your heavenly Father, the first step is honoring the people that raised you on earth. Like, don't underestimate the power of honoring those that raised you, honoring your mother and father, honoring uh, friends perhaps that played a role in raising you, honoring leaders in your world that have led you to maturity and ground. Hey, what Jesus models for us is quite powerful. He goes with them and he subjects himself to them, even though he knows there's a greater system of operation at hand. Jesus honors his earthly parents. He honors those that raised him. The second thing though is that he makes his home with him who made him or him who saves us, should I say. 
So when we kind of get this idea that losing ourselves in the presence of God is actually really powerful and finding ourselves in the calling He has for us, then it asks the question, are we willing to honor those that have played a role in raising us and make our home in the presence of Him who made us and saved us? In other words, yes, we do honor God, Tyrone. Of course we honor God, that's a given. But do we honor our mother and father? Do we honor those that raised us? Well, you say, Dill, I'm not sure about that. I come from, I'm not talking about you, brother, but some people say my parents weren't great parents. Well, honor the part of them that was and honor those that played a role in your life that did have something to do and say that was worthy of a cause of honor. I'm just saying, honor people that raised you. Jesus models that he was at the perfect peace in his presence with God, that he was able to step out and honor people on the planet around him. That's powerful preaching. Honor will change your life, friends. Honor those that raised us, but make your home in the presence of He who made us. I don't have time to go there now. I'm gonna close shortly. But in the story of John or in the book of John, it actually speaks about our spiritual rebirth overriding our biological order. We're gonna get there later on in the series, but it, it makes this powerful thought, gives us this powerful thought that actually when we get spiritually reborn, it's more powerful than our physical birth. It becomes the system by which we call God our Father. It's more powerful. So what do I do? I honor those that raised me, my natural birth, but I make my home with He who saved me, my spiritual birth. That's where I go home. That's where I hang out. That's where I spend my time. That's where I take my concerns. Mom and dad can't handle everything. Shout out to parents. You're doing the best you think you can. But only God can handle everything that we bring to Him. Jesus knew this. And I love it. Luke 2. Jesus honors His parents, but makes His home with His heavenly Father. I wonder if you could do that today. I want to close with a little story. My daughter, Anna, I love it a bit. She has this little tent and uh, it's like, it's like her favorite place, to be honest. And often she'll set it out on our deck outside the house and uh, it's quite amazing moments. And then she'll call me in my ordinary business and routine and say, hey, daddy, would you come hang out with me? Now, and if you look at the size of it, it's a challenge for us to both fit in there. And so anyway, I'll often say, baby, you just have some fun in there. And she'll often say these words to me, it'll just be a moment, dad. I'll be like, I'll be there now, I'll be there now. And Anna gets lost in her tent in imaginary play as I go on about the routine of what I believe is expected of my life. Who loses out? And I was thinking about this story, about how Jesus, I, I, of course the temple is more beautiful than a tent in the garden, but it asks the same question of us. Would you come hang with me for just a moment? Would you just come and be in my presence? I love how Mark Slev preached last week about our failure almost being an invitation for God to get involved in our lives. And yet when we fail, we run a mile. God wants us to lean in to come home, to honor those that have raised us, but to make our home, can the cameras see me here? To make our home in the presence of He who made us and saved us. John 15 says it so beautifully. It says, I no longer call you servants for a servant doesn't understand his master's business. I call you friends. For everything the Father has made known to me, I have made known to you. Watch this. There are secrets in heaven waiting to be shared on earth. There is a 
there is a strategy and a process and a solution and a joy and a freedom and a forgiveness. There are secrets in heaven. There is a grace that never ends waiting to be shared with you here on earth. Honor those that raised you, but make your home in the presence of He who made you. God, I pray that we as your church in the most turbulent times perhaps wouldn't get caught up in the next stop of life. I think about the story, Father. I think about how Jesus' parents, Joseph and Mary, just doing what they could, just disappeared down the road and the next thing, the next routine, the next rhythm, the next expectation. But Jesus, you stayed. Teach us to be those that stay with Father. Teach us to be those that make our home in the presence of an almighty heavenly dad that loves us more than we ever know. I wanna pray these words over your home this morning and speak God's grace. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, secrets from your heart. Your will be done on earth, every heart, every home, everywhere. When the storms rage, when the seas are still, May we always make our home in your presence, in Jesus' mighty name.